0: So then you have all these other verses that you had explained away as a Calvinist come in on top of the tower as it's collapsing. And I remember coming up to my wife and I go, hey, uh, because my wife was uh, a Calvinist, too. And so I I remember going to her and telling her, I said, "Uh, honey, I I don't think Calvinism is is true. I, I don't think I'm a Calvinist anymore.
1: JP, thank you so much for coming on today and uh, being willing to to talk. Uh, we're going to be getting into your story of how you left Calvinism, something that I, I came across your YouTube channel that I'll, I'll make sure to link to for those interested in checking it out. But JP's already shared. Uh, several a handful of videos about calvinism and his his leaving of it and sort of his journey and experience and so um, again yeah i'll put a link to his channel below if you want to check that out Uh, but today we're just going to be talking with jp don't um I, i want obviously to to have jp share some of his story and reasons for leaving calvinism and then you know we might we might jump into some of the specific i don't know if Um, there's any of the specific proof text or anything like that, that might stand out to JP that we could dig into as well. We'll just kind of see how this goes, but, um, thank you, JP for coming on.
0: Yeah. Uh, hi, Jordan. Thank you for having me. Um, uh, really been enjoying your content and, uh, also some of the videos you've been putting out.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. I I enjoyed yours as well. so let's just you know i i have a tendency to get in these conversations to get caught up because i can just talk about any aspect of this i can go off a trail and then i end up spending an hour talking about what the video wasn't intended to do and so to avoid that <laughs> um how about we let's just jump right into it and kind of like i mentioned it would be well we'll you know we we can get through your story and then maybe just kind of discuss some of the um, I don't know if, if you will have any specific proof texts that stand out to you or maybe specific arguments of Calvinism that you, you have things you want to share about or maybe, you know, even talking about certain arguments that Calvinism has to offer that are maybe more challenging. Uh, we, we can just kind of see where it goes. But to kind of uh, set up who you are and uh, why um, you're into talking about this stuff in the first place um i guess uh, if you could just kind of share your story of how you got into calvinism um and then kind of talk about what what that journey was like that led you to where you are now which is making videos on youtube explaining why you're not a calvinist anymore
0: (laughs) yeah so um i in my story i grew up a very angry atheist um, I, uh, I did, it wasn't that I didn't believe in God. I actually, uh, hated God. Um, I didn't want anything to do with them. Um, I thought there was a God that, uh, he was, um, had to, he owed me answers. And, um, there was a, a lot of issues there, uh, growing up. And then when I got older, uh, through a series of events, I ended up at a secret sensitive church, uh, that my father was going to. And I was informed that uh, this church might be a cult. And actually what it was, was a uh, seeker-sensitive, seeker-friendly church that was uh, uh, charismatic light. And so uh, a lot of the information that I was hearing from people uh, turned out not to be true. But through that process, I had started going to this church. And this was back when a lot of, uh, cults that were going on—they're still going on. Actually, uh, the other half of your ministry, which I—I um, think is incredible work you're doing—is actually trying to help uh, people coming out of the Korean cult. So, uh, for me, I didn't want my dad to get into a cult, so I started going. I was listening, and I remember it was a—I was going to leave, and I wasn't going to have anything to do. I, you know, the church was—you know—everything seemed fine. And i was going to leave and i was offered to come to a revival and at that revival uh during the week it was more charismatic and uh it was a little more lively than anything i had seen um and so i was actually laughing and just you know like well this is pretty interesting um but during that the holy spirit uh convicted my heart and showed me like replayed my whole life but I wasn't me in the replay. I was the person receiving on the other end of uh, me. So I'm realizing for the first time in my life that I wasn't a good person. I, I was actually a, a jerk and I was a sinner. I, I didn't, you know, that, that's, I would have used the word jerk at the time because I didn't have that word sinner to use. Um, but I wasn't a good person that I thought I was. And through, and I, I grew up, how I grew up, was you know I, I started working as soon as i could walk uh i might you know uh it was a very men don't cry men are tough men you know we we fight things we kill things we bring it home uh we work hard that's that's what a man does and so i'm in the middle of a church surrounded by people i'm bawling my eyes out um i'm like now i'm embarrassed by uh what's happened and so i get up and i run to the bathroom and I'm in the bathroom. I'm trying to clean my, uh, the tears out of my eyes. I'm trying to calm myself down emotionally. I'm like, I can't go out there. These people are going to see me. They're going to, they're, you're going to judge me. Uh, this is just, you know, not what a man does. And so I got out. I left and I said, I'm never coming back. I'm never going to have anything to do, uh, with this church again. And so, anyways, the next night I went back. And so uh, I did end up going back because I was like, what happened? Like, what was that? And so that night I just sat there and completely different attitude than I had the night before. And I was just listening In my whole life. I had been witness to. I had, had the God. I loved it when Christians were witness to me because I love to argue with you. I love to fight with you. I love to tell you how wrong you were, how stupid. I, I enjoyed like I looked for Christians witnessing so I could go up and argue with them. And. So I had heard the gospel. I hadn't been told the gospel. Uh, those seeds had been planted. And so I just sat there and I went up and I talked to the pastor and I went up and I, and he's like, you know, yeah, Jesus, you know, let's go pray to Jesus. And this is the first time that I was at would have ever said yes. And so I went up and I prayed and the gospel uh, went through my mind and it was like God was calling me saying saying i was calling i'm calling you today to be uh 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 sorry i'm uh i'm calling you today uh uh to be my servant and this was a a life radical changing life altering changing event and i do believe that this is eventually would partly uh lead into uh calvinism later on Mm -hmm. Uh, that Mm -hmm. that change now um looking back on that i do i i honestly believe that i could have not gone back that next night like i uh i could have hardened my heart that at, at that conviction from the holy spirit and i could have just been hardened at that point and rejected the grace of god at that moment um, but for me oh go ahead, jordan
1: well, I was—I was just going to say—I—I I just think that might be an, an interesting place to stop for just a minute because, uh, just to clarify, so maybe just clarify a little bit because right now what you're explaining is what what I, I was hoping you kind of get into this because as I'm listening to your story mm-hmm. and, and what your conversion experience is like, my immediate thought is, oh, the anybody with sort of a, a reformed mentality of how salvation works is going to be like, there it is. See, right. uh, see irresistible right. grace. And so, yeah. so uh, for those who, who might not like what, what is it about that? Like, why, why do you feel the need right now to clarify uh, what, why is it that people would hear that and go to Calvinism for those who might not be familiar with all this? Can you kind of explain that a little bit?
0: Yeah. So, cause in, in Calvinism, it's an irresistible, a calling. It's an irresistible grace. And um, so in Calvinism, that that would fit into their uh, their framework of, yeah, God had done these things. And um, I don't believe that I was born again at the point. I think, uh, you know, we've had this whole uh, debate about regeneration preceding faith. Um, I was convicted by the Holy Spirit and before conversion and then when uh i was uh when i had that moment with the gospel i said uh yes lord Uh, and i received christ as my savior for the first time i believe that's when i became born again and um i so with a lot of the conversions uh you know, when you're, especially when you're first saved and, and you're very into, um, uh, that very newness of Christianity for the first time in your, in and your life, you're Calvinism and you're like, oh, this is, uh, this is, uh, uh, you no, know, this is so awesome. I'm elect. And you have these, you know, it's so good. And you're, you're, you're you have this fire in the zeal, but then as you walk with, uh, we, as you walk with the Lord and you start to find that you're struggling in areas and you start and, and the newness wears off and the emotions start to to fade away and 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 sometimes you feel like you're in that dark area. Uh actually what Calvinism will do and what I've seen it do is I've seen it cause people to doubt their salvation, to doubt their election, a doubt if they're elected at all, and then lead them into questioning whether God truly loves them which is the negative and the, the 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 uh the negative side of Calvinism. So mm-hmm. what and and that's what I've I've seen uh in my own life uh personally and and through doing counseling with other people. So if a Calvinist was to hear my story, they would they would uh say they would take that story and fit it into their narrative of scripture where I believe God uh it says God calls many uh, but few are chosen. So I, be, you know, and from looking back on uh, my own story and uh, how it, how I see it through the scriptures, I believe God was convicting me. I believe that it teaches that the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. I believe that's what the Holy Spirit did. And I believe I was called. And at that moment, uh, in that moment, uh, because I saw my evil deeds and knew I needed a savior, instead of hardening my heart, and running away from God, I, uh, by God's grace, humbled myself uh, before him and uh, accepted him as my savior.
1: Yeah. So in, in essence, Calvinists would see the, I guess, the power of that experience and just how, you know, different and unique it was to anything you had experienced before. And it was just sort of this powerful experience that came upon you uh, seemingly in a sense out of, out of nowhere um, maybe likened to a Paul Damascus road conversion. And so um, Calvinists would just kind of see that as, you know, and, and other salvation conversion experiences like it as evidence of, of more of an irresistible grace sort of thing where this is such a profound and compelling work that God was doing that there was no possible way you could have done anything other than you know humble yourself and submit yourself to him
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and so yeah so that that's that's kind of where i think a lot of minds would go but why why is it i know you've you've kind of talked a little bit about already but why why is it that looking back at that experience now you would say that that you know, whether it's biblical reasons you would call to mind or just looking back experientially or maybe things just kind of how your salvation has played out as it were since that time. Like, what are some reasons you'd look at that now and and, and look at that with the perception that, no, this was not, this, this doesn't demonstrate a Calvinistic version uh, of how salvation works?
0: Yeah, well, so uh, I would say that Uh, In Acts, it talks about uh, the Pharisees resisting God's will. And then in Romans uh, 2, 4, which was a big verse uh, for me uh, about um, God's, uh, how grace is resistible when it says that God's grace, mercy, and patience that was meant to lead you to repentance. Mm -hmm. But you've rejected that, and now you're storing up wrath for yourself on the day of judgment. And so you you know I, I can't remember who the Calvinist was I have a, a I have a, a notion of uh who it was who said it but someone asked them this question about Romans 2 four and uh, the Calvinist said uh, God's grace is resistible until it's not well, well that's not a verse in the Bible and that's not what you, the picture that you see from scripture you see uh, a God who's pouring out uh, who's having mercy patience and kindness towards people uh, meant to lead them to repentance and that's what i believe god mm. was doing in my life at that moment and i don't uh you know so i i definitely uh look at those kinds of verses and i i think the bible does show that people resist god's will in the scriptures mm. and so um i i just as soon as that was one it was a process but then that verse came up and i'm like wait a second wait a minute it was meant to lead you okay so now mm-hmm. if you're a calvinist you have to ask yourself was it really not meant to lead you uh is mm-hmm. that was that you know so you have to start doing some gymnastics around yeah. that verse and uh to get it to mean that uh somehow there's this Grace, kindness, and mercy that's meant to lead you to repentance, but not really meant to lead you to repentance. Because if God yeah. wants you to get to repentance, he's just gonna zap you. And uh and I that yeah. that verse kind of uh blew up uh irresistible grace for me.
1: Yeah. That that's very interesting. I've never thought of, of of that one um in relation to all this stuff. But that yeah, it you know, you presume it says Romans two four, do you presume on the riches of his kindness? forbearance and patience not knowing that god's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance so the intention the purpose at least one of them uh, that god has uh, one of the things that motivates him to show kindness and and you know both Calvinists and non calvinists alike would agree that god shows kindness to you know the elect and the non-elect you know he gives his makes his reign to fall even upon the the wicked and the ungrateful um, and so on. And so God is, you know, I think objectively kind. He gives kindness to everyone. And so, you know, this this seems the plain reading, at least, to just simply say, look, where, where, where you see God's kindness in the life of a person, where God's kindness is showing up, the intention behind that is to bring them Yes, to repentance, but ultimately to a reconciled place with himself. Like that's genuinely behind God showing a person kindness is a genuine intention to bring reconciliation with that person. Not a, yeah. you know, it's, it's not a, a fake offer um, or, or anything like that. So, yeah, that's a seems like a good one, at least <laughs> at least on <laughs> the surface.
0: Yeah. So and, and that was uh, I have a video um, responding to Dr. White and uh, a video he did. And he actually ended up responding to my video. And then um, Dr. Flowers responded to it. But it's about the character and nature of God through the Old Testament, and the New Testament. And really, you know, th- this picture of my my hand is outstretched to you all day long. Right. And it's it, it's like, wait a minute. So is God like have his hand outstretched, but secretly with his other hand, like pushing or like keeping you from coming to him? And so when you read the Old Testament and you see God over and over again calling people to him, uh, you turn, return to me. I don't take pleasure in the death of the wicked. And you see this over and over again. Um, uh, Dr. Brown actually was uh, the one who really pointed this out to me uh, about the character and nature of God. And I actually, uh, a Calvinist friend of mine uh, told me, he said, you know, a lot of your theology will be based on uh, your picture of uh, who you believe God to be.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I said, I, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. And I don't think uh, from beginning to end that you see a picture of the Calvinistic God in scriptures. Um, I, I don't see it anymore. Uh I and I, what I see is a God who is a hand outstretch, who's showing love, kind and mercy, uh to to bring people to repentance. Uh, like you were saying, the rain, uh loving his enemies. Uh this is a picture of the picture of the God of the scriptures. Um and yeah, so so my perception of God uh through coming out of Calvinism has really changed. Yeah. um which is also uh some other areas and aspects that I'm I'm hoping to go into further about how uh because I've seen and I know I upset a lot of calvinists I don't mean to do that but I I've seen a lot of the um the the things that calvinists uh uh will teach on in church or in reformed churches because you know we had a a missionary group from our church overseas and they were going to an unreached people's group and they ended up uh well it was part of the organization but they ended up getting falling into hyper calvinism and they just stayed in their apartments listening to sermons and not sharing their faith uh because they had fallen into the hyper calvinism uh uh, and so they had to be pulled out. They had so, you know, some of my videos, I, I've counseled people. I had somebody.
1: Sorry. Nope, you're good. You're good. Uh,
0: um. You know, I had somebody that I was counseling tell me that they weren't elect and that mm-hmm. they 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 had accepted Christ. They were living for, they were overseas, uh, trying to take the gospel to unreached people group. Um, but they just kept struggling with the sin. And I remember telling them, I was like, no, God loves you. He loves you. And he, and I remember them telling me, how can you tell me, how can you confirm with me that I'm one of the elect? And I said, well, you, you know, and I pointed back to their conversion at that point. And I'm like, well, remember you accepted?" it? And they're like, well, maybe I was lied to. Maybe I, maybe I really didn't believe back then. Maybe that was, uh, maybe I was deceived. And so through this whole process, I watched them spiral. I watched them uh, face depression. I watched, uh, I just watched that damage happen in their lives. And it really broke my heart looking back on it because I was a Calvinist at the time. And in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, maybe they're not elect, maybe maybe they're right. And um, I just kind of pushed it off out of my, my mind. I'm like, no, no, they made this profession. I've seen their lives. I walked with them. Uh, I, I just, I need to, to convince them of God's love for them. And instead of being able to look to the cross, instead of being able to quote Romans five, saying God demonstrated his love for you that while you were a sinner, Christ died. That's the picture of God's love for you. And anyone who ever questions God's love for them can look to the cross and they can 100% know that God loves them and that's how much he loved them. And that would be my advice today. Um, if I was able to time travel and go back to that situation, that's where, that's where I would point them for. So I've seen a lot of the dangerous and, uh, harmful sides of Calvinism. And so I'm not just taking pot shots at uh, Calvinists. I, I I don't want to do that at all. Yeah. And I get a lot of comments on my videos saying that I'm misrepresenting or I don't understand Calvinism and I don't, but I've walked it for 20 years. I lived it for 20 years. I've, I've seen uh, men and women fall from the faith. I've seen them doubt God's love for them. I've seen people uh, struggle with their faith in Christ. Yeah. I've seen people, um, uh, really have these issues. And, um, and so a lot of the things, a lot, a lot of the videos that I make, uh, I, I'm doing, a, doing it out of love. And if, if you are, uh, a Calvinist right now and you're watching this and you're saying to yourself, man, this guy, you know, uh, he doesn't understand. I, 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 I'm elect, I'm saved. i i'm purchased by his blood Uh, i have this assurance and then life comes along and punches you in the mouth and you are sitting there and you start you know you're you're 10 years into it you're struggling with these sins and you're trying to put them to death and you're and for myself personally um you're like god why won't you just kill these things in me like just you know put the like i was expecting to wake up uh you know uh that the, the sin that i was struggling wrestling with that god had just took it out of me that it was gone that that his grace would be sufficient in that situation and so now as i look at a lot of these situations of my sin i know god has given me a way out there there's no deterministic thing in my head now that somehow with this compatibilism that he somehow had ordained me to uh uh not responsible, but, uh, somehow re- not somehow responsible and not responsible for this sin that I'm committing, but actually he's on my team rooting for me, giving me a way out, giving the, the grace to, uh, flee from and to put to death those things. And there's not this two wills of God behind the scenes where mm-hmm. he's, you know, willing this, um, uh, willing me not to do these sins, but at the same time in eternity past somehow there's this, uh, uh determined deterministic, uh Uh plan that that i'm like And I know you have no
1: other ways. choice but to commit these sins
0: right exactly. <laughs> yeah. there's I yeah. there's no yeah it, It's 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 very dangerous. It's very dangerous. Yeah. It, um, you know, I I uh, I, I yeah it, it, and i know calvinists will come on and they'll say oh i don't struggle with that and i don't and maybe you don't but it, it is a thought in the back of your head you know and i'm i'll tell you right now god's on your, your side he says uh he'll give a way out he'll he will he will discipline correct and lovingly guide you out of those things and his grace is sufficient in those areas for you to uh be conformed more to the image of christ
1: well, I, I think um, I'd like to kind of hear how, like, what, what life looked like for you as a Calvinist um, and, and sort of painting a picture of that a bit. But I think what, what you just said there is, is worth just maybe uh, summarizing or at least the aspect of it where you mentioned, you know, the, the impact, the real life impact you've seen. And so I have, you know... I don't know the people that especially people that know me that probably see me putting out so many Calvinism videos, especially over the last three months, you know, friends or family or, or even p- people on this channel who come across the channel and are like, "What? what's your deal, dude? Like, what's your obsession with this? And, you know, I, I, I have more of a passion to talk about this topic than I do almost, uh, you know, most other, you know, controversial topics in, in Christianity. I don't plan to talk about it forever. We'll, we'll cover more things on the channel, but I think what you're saying there is, is like what I, I want, I hope people realize what they need to realize is that, and I'm not saying this is Calvinism alone, other theology, whether Calvinism or non, you know, different aspects of, of that can be harmful, but I Talk about Calvinism, because what what you're saying is that it it impacts real life people. I've seen the same thing. I can I can call to mind situations where I've I've sat in like sort of counseling sessions with with you know marriages that were sort of falling apart, and and one one of the um, um, the spouse was thinking that they were just you know because of the direction they're going in life, just thinking that they were maybe they're just like Pharaoh and they just weren't chosen. And that's the reason they were, they had gone off and deviated into this direction they were going. And, and there's just no, ch- no, no real reason to even try to fix the marriage mm-hmm. or work on that. So I've had that situation. I've had situations where, um, I I've been, you know, count had to counsel, talk through with, with, a, you know, person that was, you know, in their final months fighting cancer, that was, that was, mm-hmm. you know, they're coming to the end of their life and and they just they were coming back to a roman's nine interpretation they had heard i think years ago uh, mm. but they just they could not get past this idea that i think i maybe wasn't chosen and so you have mm. people in their final moments just in in you know torment because of of these doctrines that that Ugh. you know and it's like the thief comes to steal kill and destroy and yeah. so and so I fortunately in that that situation, uh, sh- this person was able to to come to terms and, and peace with the fact that mm. these, these things were not were not accurate. Um, and but but all that to say, the, this is something that is beyond just like an obsession with pointless, irrelevant theological debate. Yes, it can. It can get into that. But, you know, underlying, I think many non-Calvinists engaging in this with passion and consistency is because, you know, many of us have seen the actual real life impact that this has on people. Theology has a profound capacity Especially in certain personality types, I think people who just deeply internalize things, who who will hear something from somebody they respect, and they will internalize it in a a very deep way. And it will, it it has the capacity to destroy people's lives, um, one way or the other. And so uh, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I just want to say I I totally agree. I think this is that's something that you know can't be overemphasized. Just the potential that doctrines like this do have when you follow out the follow them through to the logical implications. They just have profound ability to really mess with people's relationship with god and and just their their life in general stealing peace and and hope and joy um and putting causing them to put their trust in something like election uh rather than like you said this the plain simple fact of the gospel that god loves everybody there's no question Mm -hmm. you You don't need to question that that is a a fact an elementary fact of, of the gospel
0: yeah. Amen. And, you know, I think it was a W Tozer says the most important uh, thought you have yeah. is the thought that enters your head when you think about God. Yep. And yep. so one of the bents of my flesh is towards anger. And I found that uh, one of the I was not a very loving person as a Calvinist. Um, I thought I was right. I was arrogant. I was smug. Um, I look down on other believers who were not Calvinist as second class Christians. Um, and I'm, this is confession of like, this is, I'm, I confess these things because I put a post on uh, a Facebook page saying, that, look, I get it now. I'm sorry. I am. We went overseas to do missions work in an unreached country. Uh, and the, there were uh, a group of Calvinists and non-Calvinists. And i'm talking to this guy and i'm having the greatest conversation and we're you know having you know it's we're we're fellowshipping we it, it uh it was at a, a conference and we're you know building this relationship i'm really excited to go overseas and then all of a sudden uh i had asked him a question because he lived near john piper's church i said so do you go to the piper's church because in my mind, I'm like, if I live near Piper's church, that's the church I would go to. Uh, why would you go to any other church? And so uh, he got, uh, like, the whole attitude of the conversation changed. And I was like, he was like, no, I, I I would never go to that church. And I was, like, shocked. I was like, why would you not go there? Like what do you mean like you're a missionary doesn't doesn't every you know hasn't every missionary read the book let the nations be glad like come on you know uh and uh and the whole then all of a sudden i found out he was a non-calvinist and um all of a sudden this great fellowship in this and i know anyone listening to this will say oh well if you had both been calvinists or you know like but but it there's just so there's this underline and then instead of me being like, oh, you know, tell me why you're a non-Calvinist. I'd love to hear uh, your view on it. I, I immediately judged him as someone who didn't really know the scriptures, who really didn't want to know God for how he's revealed himself. And this arrogance and this pride in my own heart well up. And now everything that this guy was going to tell me was always never taken uh in like love i wasn't loving to him i wasn't gracious to him i wasn't kind it was like oh you know like when you become uh, a real christian then we'll talk and uh and and that's my heart that's uh that that's what my evil heart was was responding to him instead of uh how god has called me to respond to fellow brothers and sisters in christ and so i own that 100 percent i just want to be uh, clear on that um but you couldn't talk to me. I was, you, you, Mm -hmm. I didn't have a spirit that was teachable. I didn't have a spirit that was willing to learn or hear. Um, I just, I, I thought I was right. Um, I, uh, and I was more than happy to, uh, have these, uh, ungodly attitudes thinking that, um, that they were, you know, I had the truth. And so I totally took first Corinthians 13 threw it out the window and I was like, you know, in my own life, unfortunately. So those are some of the things that I saw in my own life. Um, there's there's other aspects to it that played itself out uh, with uh, legalism to some degree, um, always, you know, and, and I, I'm still working through some of the, the issues, but uh, I know that right now I have access in, into the throne of grace and mercy. To receive grace and mercy based on christ and his sacrifice and i don't have like when i sin i can run to him for mercy and grace and forgiveness every morning i can wake up i can enter into that presence of god uh, out of hebrews chapter 4 and that because of my faith in christ i have a great high priest who's uh uh interceding uh for me and so I know that there's not a doubt and that's available to everyone. I, I I don't have to have any doubt in my mind that that's not a truth for me and can be a truth for anyone uh, who would accept Christ by faith.
1: So, so, so would you say that that is uh, opposed to how you would have viewed it before? Uh, What, I mean, now, now you, you, you say you can have this assurance um, and, and I don't want to, i don't want to put words in your mouth uh Mm -hmm. but it sounds like maybe you're saying there's you didn't have that assurance or you felt like maybe there's some hindrances to having that
0: yeah i wrestled with it you know um when i would struggle with sin sometimes i would be like am i just not saved am i is this is this uh uh you know did, did did it not really happen like did it not and and uh that was always a struggle, uh, in the back of my mind sometimes where, uh, you know, I, I, now I look and I say, you know, I have faith in Christ. I know that, uh, that, uh, through, um, because of the gospel, because of God's love towards me, uh, I've been, uh, born again and redeemed. And, and even the struggle of sin, is uh you know if if we say we have no sin we're liars and the truth isn't in us and so as i confess sin i see that god's sanctifying me and uh he's changing uh who i am to be more like the image of christ i actually see that as um proof of my salvation and my sanctification and my relationship with god that i i see those things working through those things where, when I was a Calvinist, there was just this it, it felt like God was real, uh, just full of wrath towards, and at any minute, I, I'm just going to get nailed by that. And, uh, or maybe at the end of my life, um, I wasn't really saved. And, um, and there was this I wrestled with the confidence uh, of salvation. Hmm. Um, I wrestled with that, uh, but when I was doing good, you know, when you're going overseas and you're you're doing all these works, it's like, yeah, of course I'm saved. But then w- it, when you're having a dark night of the soul, uh, you know, I listened to Paul Washer talk about his story, and he said, you know, one time he was on the stairs and he's like, just I just don't want to go to hell. I just don't want to go to hell. And he's like, he's he's working and he's working and he's working, and I just I just wanted to like I wanted to grab him and go, Paul. Are you trusting in Jesus, by faith, brother? You know, rest in that. You know, he loves you. And... Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, one second.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, oh, sorry, Jordan.
1: No, ah, do not. Bro. You have no need to apologize, man. Don't
0: yeah. You. Uh, I, uh, so... You know it just breaks my heart when i hear those things and yeah. uh and then there's a lot of things to work through in that i feel like yeah. and and i don't think you really think about i think uh i well even going back to a lot of the the self-righteous stuff you know when i was a calvinist um i wouldn't listen to non-calvinist sources mm-hmm. um uh, everything that I that I was listening to uh, were Calvinists, and uh, I've come to find that there are a a lot a lot of really smart uh, uh, Christian theologians who are not Calvinists, and mm-hmm. uh, I've really you know uh, I wouldn't call myself an Arminian. I re- I I wouldn't I don't know if I'd call myself, like I wrestle with the term provisionalist. I I t- have a tendency to call uh, none should perish uh, because. Either you believe that God desires none to perish or you believe in this, you know, elect and non-elect and that uh, God actually, if you're a consistent Calvinist, uh, John MacArthur would say God passes over uh, and then out of his love saves the elect and uh, a consistent Calvinist will uh, say, no, God has destined both of those. Anyway, so the, the the it depends on who you're talking to, but uh, right. And but that that affects um, you know this other group of of really that's the difference between these two groups at the end of the day, and so mm-hmm. I've I've I have these two categories of um, do you really believe that God desires none to perish or do you actually believe that God desires some to perish and um, and I and I can already hear I can already hear Calvin is clicking on the 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 thing on the on the comment section saying do you really and then. Uh, yes, I do. I really believe that, and um, it will. It, at the end of the the day, uh, it won't be a lack of God's grace, and it won't be a lack of God's provision on why anyone ends up separated from Him. Uh, so, I think that's really the the big difference. And I really mm-hmm. would love for the Armenian uh, brothers, which I you know not not to get into all that, but uh, I really think that our picture of the character nature of God should unite us all together. Um, and uh, I would love to see something like that come out of what's happening right now. Yeah. And I, I'll tell you what, I mean, some of the, the people, um, some of the preachers that I've, I've been listening to in uh, the teachers, just, you know, the way they wrestle and think through scripture. I was, uh i was led to believe i was told by my uh pastor who was a calvinist he'd always have this illustration that i didn't get it until now but he'd always go rat poison is 99 percent food and 1 poison and what i didn't realize what was happening with that illustration was don't go look at other sources outside of the sources we have here in the church stay in stay here and if you go out there, you might get some poison and, and you know, end up shipwrecking your faith. And and it, uh, looking back at that, I really was like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm not going to listen to any other sources than the ones that have been uh, that are in my circle. And I really yeah. regret that
1: because there are a lot that, of brilliant. Go ahead. Sorry. That's just that's uh, that's a. will just I'll just say that's majorly cultish um yeah. that that sort of behavior that that's that's textbook information control is what that is whether whether he was they're doing it intentionally or not like that's not yeah. that's kind of beside the point whether you're doing it intentionally or not doesn't change whether your your behaviors and and tactics will align with with how you know high demand high controls groups that we would label as clearly uh uh, cults because of of how they operate you know and and these sort of uh tendencies can slip in anywhere um and and certainly there's different areas uh that they can slip into calvinism not all calvinist streams of course but i do think that that is something that i don't know why that is because as a non-calvinist for the past ten or 15 years or so, I've had no issue listening. I've listened to so much John Piper. I've listened through sermon series of John Piper. I've listened through R.C. Sproul. I've listened through James White's different debates, although he, you know, all of them will just, once I hit their Calvinism stuff, I will just be, uh, I obviously disagree with that, but I do wonder how many Calvinists have that, that sort of um, vibe, I guess, that you got from your pastor that, Hey, like it really if you go to other sources, you know, there's that, that poison there. It's really not, you know, it's not worth your time or maybe even, maybe even a little bit of fear underlying that, like it, it could lead you astray. I mean, yes. th- these are just the sort of ideas that I, I encounter all the time with, with every single member who comes out of, you know, um, these South Korean cults, you know, that's what, that, what they'll do is they'll literally tell their members don't go to the internet because if you do that's that's they're they're more upfront about it obviously but they'll say that's eating from the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil so don't go look Mm -hmm. at other sources to research what we do you know don't don't look at other websites that talk about who we are or about our founder on song hong or uh, you know our doctrines just just read read the books we give you come to our bible studies we'll tell you the truth if you go out there it's going to poison you, and, and you know mm-hmm. you're going to be eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and you're mm-hmm. going to die spiritually if you take in information that's not coming from us. And so it's sort of just this us versus them mentality, like like the in and the out sort of club mentality that religious structures just when when separated from the life of the spirit, just they tend to go that direction of. Yeah we've got it, we've got it right. They don't, this is safe. That's dangerous. Come here, stay away from that. And so it's just, yeah, I, I guess that's just when you say that I can't help, but find that to be quite uh, striking <laughs> based on the yeah. things that I'm hearing all the time from uh, cult members.
0: Yeah. And you know, the, the thing, uh, with my videos and even when I was a Calvinist, um, and I, I, there's recently someone uh, who just posted some videos about coming out of calvinists and uh, he has a background in biblical uh psychology uh or uh maybe it's not psychology i I might may say he has a background in uh biblical counseling Mm -hmm. and uh he i i really would like to get a hold of him and i want as he goes through this process of um walking away from calvinism i really would love to see him do an evaluation of what some of these doctrines do to you mentally and spiritually um Mm -hmm. when you're living them out in your life and how they affect you and um and i'm I, i i'm not qualified to do that but i would really love to see that happen yeah for me on my videos and even now uh So when I was coming out of Calvinism, uh, you know, Mike Winger was a played a big part in that. He was like the first real crack, like, oh, wow, this is guy really studies the Bible and really cares about God's word. And he's not a Calvinist. And so I had respect for him and and, in his desire to know God's word. And so as that crack happened, um, you know, you can kind of hear, you know, it was a process over a year. But um, the. willingness of me to listen uh, to his perspective on these scriptures uh came into line and and what would happen is someone would present a scripture that didn't fit into calvinism and then i would just go try to find a way that to explain that scripture away and uh and then tr- default to another scripture and so with my videos with your videos i what I'll, all i ask for calvinists to do is to listen to the video and ask yourself, okay, maybe I don't agree with what they're saying, but maybe what they're saying is plausible. Maybe there's, mm-hmm. uh, may, maybe they're, it, okay, yeah, I okay, I see, I understand what they're saying and how they're handling the verse, because a lot of times there's this uh, ad hominem, ad hon- ad hon- yeah.
1: sorry. Ad hominem, I, yeah.
0: Yeah, ad hominem uh, attacks on yep. people. And one of the first things that happened when my video was played, uh, was, I was called crazy. Uh, it was set up. Like I, I might not be, all be there. And, and it was like, so now you're going to listen to everything I say about in this video, from this perspective of, Oh, who's this crazy guy? Everything he's saying is crazy instead of honestly mm-hmm. sitting down. And you know, yeah. if, if you're wrestling through these things, listen to John Piper, listen to Paul Washer, listen to Steve Gregg, listen to Dr. Flowers, listen to all the people and um, and seek to understand what they're saying. Um, And then I think you can end up with a uh, better understanding of their side, and maybe even the other side of the debate. um, That is not that doesn't. uh, I'm sorry. Maybe you listen to their side and then you listen to the other side, and and not be so quick just to shut one side down, um, just because they've they've presented it to you in a way like, hey, this this guy's you know uh, crazy or something, or this yeah. guy he just he just hates God and he doesn't yeah. want uh, uh, he doesn't want he just doesn't want the truth, which actually is the complete opposite. I mean, that kept me uh, away from listening to a lot of uh, different preachers. And here on the other side for a really long time.
1: Yeah, it demonstrates, I think, a a profound immaturity, uh, uh, mm-hmm. probably emotionally and spiritually speaking, when you encounter doctrines or beliefs of any kind that that don't align with yours, and and your initial reaction is anger. And hostility and aggression and, and I think in so many cases I can't say all the cases and and like like you said earlier I'm not a, a psychologist either but I think psychologically speaking I think you know it, it's it's shown in in human psychology that when confronted with things that cause us to be af- afraid you know mm. creatures will respond with anger when feeling cornered or threatened a a common response is going to be aggression and so you know there's there's so many things in this because i again i i i'm not calling calvinism a cult okay and this these these tendencies will can show up do show up whether it's calvinism or non-calvinism and 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 christians of all shapes and sizes and stripes th- th- these sort sort of behaviors can show up but but all the same i think it, it should be recognized what that is because i i've i've honestly and I, I say this sincerely i have been surprised and somewhat uh disappointed in the past three months by you know as i've been releasing calvinism videos Mm -hmm. at the um, the amount of of professing christians who are you know calvinists for the most part who are approaching the comments of these videos critiquing calvinism with the same exact sort of behavior and approach that the cult members i've been dealing with for five years on my channel will approach with and that is that they'll come in very obviously not having made any meaningful attempt to listen to what i say and they'll <laughs> yeah. just make some sort of they'll, they'll immediately go to saying there's something wrong with his heart he's got and yeah. he he hates god he hates the bible he just yeah. doesn't you know he doesn't agree with me so he must not he just yeah. doesn't want the truth you know and it's sort of this again it's it's this r- incredibly narrow-minded like perception of the world where if somebody doesn't see the world the exact same way you do you see them as threatening like it just demonstrates i think such an immaturity of Mm -hmm. experience of other beliefs of other cultures other people and the fact that this is a very big world with with people uh with a lot of different ways of seeing the world um you know not only in christianity but just in general and so i think it just demonstrates immaturity i think it demonstrates insecurity as well deep insecurity that causes just aggression and hostility Mm. um and so i just think it's it's i just i want to make that connection here between how cults cult members so often respond because it's just christians professing christians we we've got to do better than that you've got to do better than that and calvinist or non-calvinist if you want to be taken seriously you know when when Approaching whether um, JP's videos or mine or any non-Calvinists uh, or or anything that that is contrary to what you think is true and you want to say something about it, you know, um, at demonizing the person giving the argument or you know, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is you need you need to at base level learn, you know, what what fallacious philosophical uh, fallacies are, you know, because. Yeah again i've been su- just surprised and disappointed with how how often so many calvinists are relying on those and it's it's really just the proverb that says the fool the fool speaks before he mm-hmm. listens and, and to the one who speaks his mind before listening to him it is both folly and shame and, yeah. and, and so i think christians should do better and we can do better
0: yeah And, and, you know, that, uh, that is definitely, uh, you know, a a lot of comments on my videos, uh, they'll, I mean, I've never been insulted this much. I, (laughs) I, uh, I was a, and I used to insult people. So don't, don't hear me say that. I think that, uh, I'm, I'm somehow not that person. I read the, 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 some of the comments. I'm like, yeah, that, that was me. That was me five years ago. That would have been a comment I put. I wouldn't have listened to your argument i wouldn't have heard what you were saying i would have just automatically been like nope i've got all these other verses that i'm gonna run to and uh to tell me that what you're saying here is incorrect and so instead of looking at it and saying oh wait a second maybe they have a point maybe the way maybe the reason why people could hear and listen was because of the response to Moses in the Old Testament and the, the revealed uh, uh, the, the revealed knowledge of God uh, through Moses and his prophets. And maybe that affects how people are responding to Jesus and in the Gospel of John. So maybe it's not what the Calvinist says, uh, just this unconditional... Uh, uh, thing that's happening in John with the sheep, maybe it was those who listen to Moses will listen to Jesus. If you had been mm-hmm. sons of Abraham, you would be sons of me. Maybe this overlap period uh, plays a lot into these verses that Calvinists will use out of the Gospel of John. Maybe, maybe that's that's my argument that I make about the Gospel of John. And I can't tell you how many times I got a you know get a comment about John six forty four. And and like every like I'll lay out a whole you know half an hour video over a section of scripture and then their comment would be like, What about John six forty four? And it's like, I know John six forty-four. Like I I, I it's yep. it's not like I didn't never read like I used John six forty four. I was probably you five years ago typing in the comments John six forty four. Like <laughs> I'm like yeah. so it, it's yeah. kind of a little crazy to me to to think that like i just i guess even when it comes and i want to give fellow brothers in christ um you know this might even in the my john six series there are a lot of things you know that calvinists will uh uh pull from the text that is correct but their application is incorrect um Mm -hmm. so it they'll apply it to you know man like uh, before the foundations of the earth, when really it's being applied to faithful Jews and Gentiles, um, so the argument is maybe not even in uh, the explanation of the scripture, but the application of it. So you mm-hmm. know, I want to, and I, and one of the things I've noticed in the arguments, because um, one when, when I left Calvinism, the only thing I was holding on to was salvation in Christ alone by faith alone, and. Um, That's I was holding on to that, and I wanted to let everything else. I wanted to go back and learn, read, study. I wanted to come to a section of scripture. I wanted to hear the best Arminian uh, argument. I wanted to hear the best Calvinist, which I kind of knew the best Calvinist argument from that point, Uh, having been a Calvinist for 20 years, uh, the the best uh, traditionalist, the best provisionist. I wanted to hear all their best arguments over this text, and so um that was uh where i was at uh spiritually and um i've really seen some of you know the errors that just even the presuppositions presuppos- that a lot of Armenians and calvinists will go into a text and then th- that will cause them to apply that text incorrectly and so right. um you know and 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 the same thing can happen to provisionalists and i think it's something that can happen to every christian that we really have to watch and be mindful of going into the text and one of the things i always say is is your presuppositional what you need this text to mean and say uh, affecting your translation of the verse i've i've actually got a video over john six coming out and um you know i've i will go to uh, academia.com and i will pull up uh papers that they have on a scripture and i will read like i read this uh calvinist paper on the argument of uh romans 9 being um a hebrew uh, it, it, uh a hebrew idiom about uh jacob i love esau i hated and so i read that paper and though i disagree with his conclusion the first half of that i really i agreed with his arguments on that he was making there about uh the hebrew idiom so i i don't um it's something is calvinistic i don't just throw it in the trash can um mm-hmm. you know I, I i read it and i try to understand where they're coming from uh so i can uh, have a better a response to what they're saying and uh you know and it's not all wrong uh you know sometimes they're handling of the scripture itself is very uh helpful overall um so by no means am i uh do i by no means do i think that uh just because someone is a calvinist that i can't listen or i can't learn or you know uh something along those lines and um and and but on the same hand um i would i would just hope the calvinists that come and watch our videos that maybe they would uh Uh, seek to understand the points that we're trying to make in those videos.
1: Mm -hmm. Give us a fair hearing. Yeah. 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 So then can you kind of walk us through then what, what was it that got you to where you're at? Why did you start to doubt Calvinism and what were, what were sort of the, what was the tipping point, I guess, then um, that, that caused you to say, okay, this system that I've, I've, lived in for, I think you said 20 years, I, I I don't think I can believe in this anymore. What got you there?
0: Yeah. So, um, I got on into online apologetics and, uh, through doing, um, I really, I, so, uh, I've been, uh, battling cancer for, uh, 12, 13, 12, 13 years on and off. Mm. And, um, so I ended up uh, my last surgery uh, ended up putting me into a coma. and I actually uh, ended up dying while I was in the coma. and uh, so which was lasted about a month and a half. and so you know they 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 have these movies where someone's in a coma and they wake up and and then they're walking and you know somehow that, that that's all Hollywood. when when you're in a coma and you lay in a bed, all your muscles deteriorate. Um, I was down to like 150 pounds. Uh, it was, uh, they didn't think I was going to make it. One of the nurses told me that she was a gambling woman and they were going to bet on who was not going to make it out of the hospital. She would have put all her money on me. And I wasn't sure if I should be uh, excited about about that information or should be (laughs) shocked. I was like, uh, thank you. I don't. Yeah. Right. Okay. (laughs) I'm I'm glad I beat those odds. I don't, you know, uh, so That's that's where I was at, and so I came home, and uh, I had to uh, learn to sit up again. Uh, I had to learn to use my muscles, and you know, my throat's damaged. Uh, I had to uh, go through therapy every week, and so um, I was a very hard worker my whole life. That was really actually an idol in my heart about uh, my job and the. and and the um uh the the respect and how good i did it and i it was it was a very uh you know big part of my identity and who i was uh and and the lord showed me that that uh those through through all the the suffering stuff uh, uh graciously showed me those things uh where my identity was in that instead of in christ and so um, I was at home and I, I wanted to do something. I wanted to, uh, I, I just didn't want to sit around. And I, I was very limited to what I could do. So after I was able to, uh, uh, after I got out of the wheelchair and I learned to walk uh, and use my hands again, I got the only thing that I could use was a, a computer. <laughs> so I got online and I started uh, like, you know what, I'm going to, Start doing some, uh, online stuff. And at the time I actually started a website that was, uh, gonna, uh, was meant to reach out to atheists and, you know, talk to atheists about, uh, the scriptures. And a lot of the online guys, um, are non-Calvinists. And so, uh, Mike Winger, uh, has a lot of great videos. Um, and, uh, Braxton Hunter. Uh, has uh, with Trinity radio all these guys um, are non-Calvinist and I was you know oh, I was like okay so as I was learning some of these debates and arguments uh, to uh, be able to engage in conversations with atheists at the same time I was also hearing some of their beliefs and views against Calvinism so that was kind of my process uh, where the scriptures I thought uh, taught Calvinism, didn't teach Calvinism. And, um, I, so that, that was like over a year, that slow process, but I got into a conversation with a lady who was an ex Calvinist, who's now an atheist. And she, and I made a video and she invited me to come on her YouTube program. And through the process of studying, uh, through the process of studying, I, uh, she wanted to debate predestination. And so I started researching to refresh my mind, uh, and listening to debates on predestination and Dr. Brown and Dr. White were two of the people that were, uh, debating. And I started seeing things from Dr. Brown's point. And I started seeing, uh, the points he was making in the scriptures. And I was like, wait a second, uh, maybe, maybe my side isn't as solid as I thought. And so this was a slow process and it took a while. And I remember going, uh, and watching all these, you know, this double predestination, uh, Was a big, you know, it was a division in the cat and with Calvinists, and so I'm watching, you know, these different uh camps who uh believe in double predestination and single predestination. And as I'm listening to all these things, these cracks are forming, and I'm getting fed these debates from Dr. Uh, Flowers, and I'm getting fed these soteriology 101 videos in my algorithm, and so I'm starting to go on there and I'm arguing with people in the comments and i'm that guy you know the showing up to, to tell you you know how you're wrong about calvinism and so i start but i'm listening so even though i'm arguing i'm listening and they're making some good points that i had never been never thought of i never had listened to before and i was like okay you know that's those are good points and so that began even though i had not given up on calvinism I, uh, there were doubts and cracks in there, but I was still assured enough to go on her program and have a conversation about predestination. And, mm-hmm. um, we're going back and forth. And I, a lot of the Calvin, a lot of the, the points that I was presenting, uh, were very, you know, from the single destination, the single predestination view of Calvinism and, uh, and, uh, and so, so I'm, uh, I'm arguing from that, that perspective and, sh- and she knows what she's talking about. So she was a Calvinist and she, she's, you know, uh, just hitting me on all these points. And one of the things at that time, uh, due to life, uh, things that had happened, um, I'd come to believe that babies, uh, I ca- I came to land with John Piper about this, uh, grace that's given to babies. Uh, which is kind of against the unconditional uh, grace and Calvinism because, right. you know, they, no. Um, and so I was with John Piper and I had these, the scriptures talking about, you know, John the Baptist, you know, jumping with joy in the womb, um, you know, God saying, or, I'm sorry, Jesus saying, uh, you know, these little ones come unto me uh, for, for such as these is the kingdom of heaven. And those verses like that, and, and having counseled people, um, I, I really, you know, I wanted the people to know if, if they had had miscarriages or uh, their their little babies had passed away, that they were uh, in heaven with, with God and that they weren't, um, uh, you know, that, that, that they could have that peace about where their mm-hmm. child was. And, um, and so that came up in the di- discussion. And she was really pushing me on a lot of those things. Uh, and at the very end, I shared the gospel. And I said, anyone uh, who believes, uh, anyone who confessed with the mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believes in the heart that God raised him from the dead shall be saved. And it, it I mean, it was she, she was waiting for it. She's she, you don't believe that. You don't believe that. And I, I think I gave the uh, Charles Spurgeon quote about the line up the back and if i knew who the elect was i would preach only to them. um but i don't know so it's a universal call but that i went i got out of that debate and i went upstairs and i just prayed and i knew i had to figure it out and i knew i knew i needed to i needed answers and the the superficial uh answers weren't going to cut it anymore i wasn't gonna i was i was going to dig deep and on the other end of this either i come out a solid five-point calvinist who holds to the calvinistic doctrines who will live breathe and die by them because that's what the bible teaches or i'm going to come out as a non-calvinist who believes the bible and what the bible teaches and that is what really springboard um me into figuring out these cracks that had formed mm-hmm. and coming and landing and it was very hard because when you leave calvinism you leave you're you are almost ostracizing yourself uh, with a lot of people and your fellowship and your churches and the people that you've done life with for years and i have a lot of uh brothers and sisters in christ who are calvinists that um are incredible you know like i i love them very much and uh and i know that they uh, love me very much and um but this uh disagreement you know it it does put uh, a rift kind of between you two because you you're going to church i know the language i know the the when they pray that god would save his sheep i know what they mean when they say that i know what i know what they're i know what they're meaning that the, of this limited uh, atonement meaning behind those prayers and um i i know the uh the things that they wouldn't just come out and say, but I know the theology behind it, and it got to the point where it was just really difficult for me uh, to listen to those sermons. And from other stories uh, of other Calvinists, I, I made the decision. I was like, "I'm going. I, I, I'm going to go find another church uh, that uh, is a non-Calvinist church that I that I believe is teaching the Bible, still, you know, teaching verse by verse." And, uh, I'm going to go get plugged in then, but it was really hard. I mean, it was a really hard process and, um, to, to do that because there were a lot of people that I uh, genuinely love and care about and who had walked faithfully with
1: me through, uh, my struggle uh, with cancer. So, so what, what aspect of it then it sounds like you got to that, that debate really pushed you to to start rethinking some things or to, to yeah. at least give it a, an honest, uh, you know, re-evaluation. So I'm assuming that, that this person's point, which, which if you, if we can remember, it'd be great to get, if you have the link to that video, is that still online somewhere? Do you know?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't you know. Could,
1: yeah. I, if, if it is, that, that would be, that would be fun to maybe plug in, plug in that moment here. But um, it, okay. anyways, it, it, it sounds like what she said to you in that debate just just kind of drove a bit of a a, a thorn in your side or something that you just couldn't, couldn't get, you couldn't shake it. Maybe it pierced through the cognitive dissonance, if you will. Um, yes. You, and so, would you would you say you did you leave that conversation um, realizing? that that was that what she had told you that you couldn't say that, that you didn't believe that about the gospel. I guess what what was it about that statement that that bothered you so much to the point where you then went on to basically rethink and question everything?
0: Yeah, so you know, um I love God and I love God's word. And one of the things that I feel like as Calvinist, I accepted answers to problems of Calvinism, uh, I wanted to believe the answer. And Mm -hmm. I I think this is a perfect case study. Um, I watched uh, Dr. Flowers and Dr. White's debate over Romans 9. I watched that two times as a Calvinist. And I thought Dr. White owned Dr. Flowers. I thought he, you know, just won the debate. I watched that as a non- not sure what where i landed two more times and i started understanding the points that dr flowers was making and actually hearing and listening to them and i'm like oh wait a second okay and then now i'm like but you know and then i still had these questions and i didn't have all the questions answered but he was making these really good points about well okay so how if this is true then how over here are they grafted back in you know Mm -hmm. how is how is god's hand outstretched like so in romans 9 uh and, and this is one of the things that happens a lot in these discussions it'll be you'll be and i think you even point out one of your videos like you're not going to allow yourself to be uh hand like tied up by not going to galatians to help understand romans
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, because calvinists will do that let's just be honest as calvinists yeah. and non-calvinists Calvinists are going to go to Ephesians. They're going to go to Romans eight. They're going to go to Romans nine. They're going to and they're going to lay out this system with all these other verses. And then, but so when we do it and you try to do it with Galatians and Romans, let's just be honest and not immediately say, okay, you know, uh, they're just trying to, uh, they're just they, they can't make they can't make their point from this section yeah. of scripture.
1: They can't do proper exegesis is what you know how how james white would would argue with which
0: yeah and i've got uh, a video series uh by dr williams who walks verse by verse through romans 9 and he takes john piper and some other leading calvinist theologians and says this is what they say and this is why i believe it's incorrect And um, so this whole meme about not being able to walk through Romans nine and stuff like that, all I'm saying is that we have the videos, we have the teachings of people actually walking through these things. And so the very last two times I listened to that debate um, with Dr. Flowers and Dr. White, I understood what Dr. Uh, uh, Flowers was saying and I, I got it. I was like, oh, I understand now because my trajectory back here coming into it with my precepts made me read these verses a certain way and now mm-hmm. i understand uh where he's coming from and his understanding and i and i get that uh a lot um uh and i i don't know if people really understand that and it was kind of eye-opening to me um when i saw that just about how i went from Not understanding, completely shutting it down, not willing to listen, to curious and to, oh, I get it. I understand now about the hardening thing. Because Dr. Flower says it a lot, like the the hardening aspect that uh, plays into Calvinism and uh, non-Calvinism is a a key factor in uh, how you handle verses. And how yes. you believe those verses apply yes. uh, to the people there, they're talking about.
1: There is a biblical, consistently biblical principle mm-hmm. in relation to how hardening, how, how that takes place. You can see it if you look at the context of Pharaoh from the context of the Gospels and the hardening that's taking place there. And, mm-hmm. and the way that they're, Jesus will draw from passages in Isaiah where you see the principle of hardening take place there why it happens who it happens to it's just like and so yeah that's that's just another area where it's like the idea that you should be able to go into romans 9 without you know having at least a a very basic uh uh awareness or acknowledging of all this context surrounding this concept of god hardening hearts uh again it's just it you, you can't you can't you can't do it. You can't think that you're just going to jump into Romans nine and understand every nuance of, of God's hardening of hearts and, and, you know, get it right.
0: And I, and I feel like that's uh, part of the a lot of the verses that uh, they use to like I, I call it a six point, you know, uh, you know, starting off at point one and then okay you've rejected the revelation of god you didn't listen to his prophets you didn't learn from the father you didn't do these things so now you're not able to these these parables aren't for you uh Mm
1: -hmm. you haven't been
0: granted the kingdom you you're not being you know coming to the father not because you're unconditionally not elected for the foundation of earth but because of your response to the father and so calvinists jump on pope uh, they're like i'm here on point three and i'm applying exactly. it to everyone
1: Ex- instead yes. of going back to
0: point one
1: that's such so a good point the,
0: yeah this is the hardening point and so yeah. this this is how those verses sound so biblical and yeah. why calvinists will always put you know john six forty four, but not understanding that we're on point
1: three of, we're not all on point the cut con- yeah it's literally like you're you're coming into the movie theater and sitting down 10 yeah. minutes before the movie ends. Like like at the very ending and you're saying, "Oh, everybody come to dinner and I'm going to explain what this movie was about." It's like, "Well, no, you can't. You can't do that." Yes, you're you're getting parts of it, but yeah. to come into John 6 and see the hardening taking place or or yeah. the inability to come to him and to ignore all these these things that come before it, it's like you know, I talked about it this morning in my uh, men's Bible study, uh, Matthew, somewhere in Matthew, where it's the, the parable of the the seeds and the different the different types of of, of soil, mm-hmm. and then immediately following that, Jesus talks about you know to to you know being careful with what you hear to him who has to him yes. more will be given to him who does not have or to yep. him who is not faithful with the amount he's been given even what he has will be taken a- away from him and, yep. and and then he goes on what does he do right after that he quotes Isaiah that says this people's heart is hardened and blind and they're they're callous so they cannot hear they cannot yep. understand well what why is it well he's just told us why they can't hear and understand it's because mm-hmm. They had not been faithful with what they had been given. The prior revelation they exactly. had—they'd been yes. they had not been doers of the word. They'd been hearers no. of it and not gone out and done the word. And yes. now that light was being withdrawn from them, so they yep. couldn't understand. And so that—that's yeah, that's such a good point that they're coming in at like point number three within yes. this this principle of how hardening works every time you see it show up in the bible i would argue you can you can trace it back and you can see this pattern and so it's just i don't it, it it is it's one of those things i'm just it's i it confuses me and i'm sure when you're a calvinist you're just you you can't help but just immediately go there but to me i can't fathom why you would think that you shouldn't consider all the the passages that give context to what hardening of of hearts, what that looks like and why it happens in the first place.
0: And I didn't understand it when I was a Calvinist. I didn't, I didn't get it. I, uh, and I think as I understood uh, his point, because he would say a lot, Dr. Flowers would say a lot of times, hardening is what uh, made me leave Calvinism, understanding that. Mm
1: -hmm. And,
0: I would hear that, and I'm like, I didn't get it. Like, I, I like, why would that cause you to leave Calvinism? And then I'm like, oh, oh, oh I, I, okay, now I see that they weren't faithful to Moses. The little they had for the, for the, yep. the Old Testament revelations through God, through uh, all the prophets before, God's faithfulness to Israel, all this stuff. You know, even in John 1, the disciples are like, hey, is this – uh, is this the Messiah that uh, Moses is talking about? Like, mm-hmm. is this him? Like, they're like wondering if that's him. They're, they've they've listened to Moses, they heard Moses, mm-hmm. and now they're being granted to Jesus
1: versus <laughs> yes, yes. the other people who mysterious it, well, and arbitrary. It's just yeah, it's
0: uh, yeah, yeah. Which, and so yeah. this hardening that had happened um, wasn't unconditional hardening for no reason. Uh, it was you know there was. Uh, it, it makes a lot of sense. And then it helps you to understand uh, these proof texts and these verses uh, yeah. in their context. And that's one. And I think as a Calvinist, I'd always hear people say that context ruins Calvinism. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it's like in my, my my immediate response was no, no, it doesn't. But what I didn't understand was uh, that the context, what they were meaning was the fullness of what was happening around those verses to understand what was happening in the verse so Mm -hmm. to to me now looking back on it i see uh you know and i got some videos on you know some just these proof texts trying to show uh that in the context that there's a better explanation for this verse that you're saying supports calvinism and i think when people see that and it's it's like oh i get it now you know, and, and, and back to your question. Um, I didn't, I wanted to be a Calvinist. I don't think people Mm -hmm. uh, hear me say this and they, they think, uh, they think I'm just saying it. Now Mm -hmm. I spent 20 years of my life holding to the doctrines of Calvinism, reading my Bible as a Calvinist. And it was probably one of the hardest things at the end of the day to walk away from it and to say, I was wrong
1: yeah. for
0: 20 years. I was wrong. And I in the and the because my love for God and his word is greater than that. And, you know, when I when I died in the hospital, I would have died as a Calvinist. And um, I, I believe there were aspects of my life that Calvinism had affected that would have got burned up got my bad attitudes and the way that i treated people um i do believe i was saved um originally you a lot of people get saved and then they become calvinists uh is usually the process of how that happens yeah. and so um i believe that if you're trusting in christ by faith i believe you're saved um i believe you're trusting in the gospel because so i get i get posts on some of my videos like well did you think you were saved and i was like yeah i think when you know i uh accepted Christ as my savior 21 years ago that, that I was, you know, saved. So, um, but it was, it is, is really hard. Um, it was really difficult thing to go through, but I had gotten to that point with that verse where superficial, like, you know, and, and I, I'm sorry, maybe I shouldn't say superficial, but just, just saying things like, well, they can resist till they can't resist. Okay. Well, show me the, the verse where that says that and uh like i'm not just going to accept that as the answer and uh romans uh you know romans 10 uh, romans when it when it says uh that god uh that anyone who confesses with their mouth that jesus Mm -hmm. christ believes in their heart um shall be saved when i'm i'm not going to just accept you know this the simple answer to that i want to know uh you know why is it saying that whoever why and, and that's part of coming out of calvinism for me is you have these verses that you've explained away like uh when i am raised up i will draw all men god desires that none should perish i have a, a whole list uh in a in a file of all these verses that as a calvinist those verses could not mean what their the initial reading of them meant yep I had to take those and place them into my systematic to get those verses to not mean all, to not mean everyone, not to not mean whoever. And so, as I'm coming out of Calvinism, and the verses that I believe really supported Calvinism, and I started seeing those verses, I, I imagine like a jenga uh, tower, and I've got all these verses right that um, uh, that I've been, are built, and and as I as I'm taking them out. The the, the the Tower of Calvinism is becoming more wobbly. But then at the same time, you have these other verses that, uh, you know, that's a, that are just completely say God desires all to be saved. Um, you're getting those put on top. And so, you know, the tower's starting to lean. And so then you get to this point. You're like, well, maybe I was wrong about all these other verses talking about God's desire for all to be saved. God, you know. Uh, sending uh, uh, John 3, 16. Maybe maybe all those arguments were uh, incorrect before. So then you have all these other verses that you had pushed, uh, that you had explained away as a Calvinist come in on top of the tower as it's collapsing. And I remember coming up to my wife and I go, hey, uh, because my wife was uh, a Calvinist too. And so I, I remember going to her and telling her, I said, uh, honey, I, I don't think Calvinism is, is true. I I don't think Mm -hmm. I'm a Calvinist anymore. And she was like, okay. Uh, (laughs) you know, she was kind of like shocked about it, um, a little bit at first. And, and so, uh, by God's grace, uh, she trusts me spiritually. And so she said, okay, well, show me what you're seeing. Let me, let uh, Walk me through what these things that you're, you're, you're uh, uh, learning and and you know explain it to me, and so that was really my first introduction was a lot of these verses that in my videos is is are the the things that I learned um, as trying as teaching my wife and showing mm-hmm. my wife how those verses didn't support Calvinism, and so uh, you know I remember telling me you know that would be awesome if it was true and she she had a lot of friends who went to the piper's seminar and got saved in college and they're like yeah i love jesus but i really struggle with this calvinistic uh uh part of it and some people almost uh just said no i i can't be a christian if this is what christianity is mm-hmm. and you know looking back uh you know there's a list of- there's a, there's a list of people I would love to go and talk to now and say, yeah, uh, uh, it's, it's not, that's, that's not right. It's not right. And and it's far better. It's far. It is. God is so gracious, kind and loving, and, uh, and, and he's incredible. And, uh, let, you know, let me let me explain let me show you uh these verses and how they don't uh support calvinism Mm. and uh uh and and that's kind of why why i make my videos and i think why you make your videos um and at the end of the day uh that's my heart that's that's my desire uh why i do what i do it's not i don't like fighting with people online i don't like getting in debates with people online it's not uh it, it's 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 not i'm i'm not uh i don't want to do that anymore and um but what i want to do is is put out uh, good content that maybe there's someone out there struggling yeah. with this image and picture of god and i don't want them to deconstruct their faith and go into atheism or walk away from god yeah. i want uh, to know the true and living god as he's revealed yeah. through his word
1: so yeah that's the 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 people that you're describing that are looking at they're looking at christianity and i say it with air quotations uh and and saying if this is it if 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 god is a god who you know whether compatible compatibilism or or not is determining you know, again, I think I think like you said earlier, if you follow through Calvinism logically, everybody, I I, I just can't help but already hear all the well, that's not Calvinism, that's not, right. Bible, but, but okay, well, well, many Calvinists do. God yeah. determines. You know, if you even go to John Calvin, um, who who will who will talk about God is not only you know uh, allowing, but he's he's willing and and authoring the the the, the not only the, the sinful actions but the very desires the inclinations of the heart that lead up to that god is yeah. determining those and then he'll say but somehow mysteriously still you know holding men accountable uh yeah. this is a very loose quote but but um I'll, i can share a link to the john calvin there's many like that where where calvinism i think followed through logically is yeah. is fatalism it is and that's not a, a pejorative term is just i think that's just an honest descriptor of what what it results in and there's so many people who look at that and say i can't get on board with that because i think objectively it's untenable objectively it doesn't make sense unless you you know and here here's what i you know when i hear calvinist hear us our arguments and so often we'll say well you just don't understand calvinism or things like that. what i think is behind that what i can't help but hear is basically them saying well you're not able to you know jerry rig your mind into holding contradictory information at the same time. that's what i think they're ultimately <laughs> saying because so often they won't they won't take us 99% of the time actually when i get that accusation you don't understand calvinism that's a straw man you're not you're not properly representing calvinism almost every time I try to say, okay, well, can you very respectfully, can you please specify what precisely was said in this video that is not true of Calvinism? Yeah. Uh, 99% of the time they don't, they'll make the accusation and they won't respond. They'll just say some very often a hostile kind of quippy remark for the most part, the ones who, and, and I just, you know, I think I can't help but hear that as a, They don't, they see the problem. I think they recognize it, whether consciously or subconsciously, and, and they don't necessarily know what to do with it. They don't, they see it. Oh, that is a problem. They're not going to acknowledge it. So what are they going to do? They're going to say, oh, well, you don't, you just don't understand it. If I can just say he doesn't, he's just misrepresenting it, then I can just dismiss everything he said. I don't have to think about it. Now, if I'm challenged about what specifically, you know, what is it exactly that he said that isn't true about Calvinism? Well, I hope he doesn't ask me that because I don't, I can't, I, I, I mean, I don't really know. Um, And so I just, you know, I think it's, yeah, I, I, I don't know where I was going with that other than to say that I think, you know, these, these responses that, that come to these sort of things, I think underlying it, it just, it shows this, yeah, I think that the contradictory nature of the system when, you know, evaluated and it just it seems like you began to see that and for whatever reason got to a point where you were willing to to not dismiss that, to not yeah. rush that under the rug, but to say, OK, I, I need to look at this. I need to look at this and sincerely well, evaluate if it's if it can hold up.
0: I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for this comment and I'm going to, I'm going to try to say this with as much love as possible. One of the things that I have seen from atheists is they are arguing Calvinistic doctrines of God
1: Mm -hmm. on
0: the internet. And so it was only natural for me to be pushed into either solidifying my views on Calvinism or not are walking away. And in my process, it was a four-pointer, three-pointer, two-pointer. Um, and so that's kind of how it naturally came to be, uh, where I was addressing these things. And so uh, that, that, that was part of the thing where I had to nail it down. Am I going to argue with atheists that Calvinism is true? Or am I going to argue with, and when I say argue, I'm in love.
1: <laughs> Am I mm-hmm. going to
0: lovingly discuss these issues yeah. with atheists and say no, and then and then that would lead into me arguing about predestination to salvation, uh, to election, to the that concept and picture of God in uh, that, in that soteriology and, and that, cause then that flows into evil and it flows into uh, just the universe as itself. So all these things are tied in and wrapped in with each other. And, um, and that's kind of where that led into. And uh, again, I was, I was fine if on the other side of this, that uh, I w- ended up a 7.5 point, 7 point, uh, Calvinist, if that's where I believe the scriptures uh, taught, and um, but I wanted to know because I'm now going to engage people online from a certain worldview uh, of who God is and what I believe, uh, who uh, the character nature of who God is, and I just found myself saying, you know, now I, uh, when I see atheist posts, it's usually. Hey, I don't think uh, that's not what that's not the, the God of the scriptures, you know, um, and then that's where usually the engagement will happen. So uh, those that's how all these things are kind of tied together uh, that I've noticed um, in my own life. And uh, uh, just engaging, uh, trying to share the gospel uh, with people.
1: Yeah. Yes, I've all I've seen that. I've seen I've seen Calvinism be a, you know, a big hindrance in in people, you know, there, I mean, there's recorded examples of that on places like Apologia Studios, where you'll see, you know, Jeff Durbin and others debating with a Mormon, for example, and the Mormon will hit them back with with their Calvinistic beliefs. And it's just it's to me, it's like, I don't know, you, you know, where do you go with that? You just you just have to, you just have to tell the person, well, you know, somehow, mysteriously, you just need to believe that this is actually still presenting a a good and loving God, That this is, this is, yeah. Who are you, Amanda? I mean, it's just like, there's no, (laughs) you basically just have to, at the end of the day, you have to gaslight, you know, you have to turn that, I think that question, which is just a misrepresentation of of who the objector is in Romans nine to begin with, but you have to turn that question back into almost like gaslighting the person who has an issue, uh, which which again, I think at, at, at base level, somebody having, you know, an initial response of well, that that doesn't seem like that's presenting a fair, loving, good version of God at base level, the Calvinist should at least be able to say, hey, that's a good question. That makes sense. I understand why you'd feel that way. But, yeah. but here here's some ways I think you can think about that. And, and unfortunately, if so often, the response is sort of a, a gaslighting shaming, well, who are you, a oh man? To answer back to God. You just don't want to submit to to the truth right. of who the Bible reveals God to be, and, and just kind of nonsense like that. But, yeah. um, but I, I I've seen that. I've seen. I, I, Calvinism is it would be a very hard thing to carry with you in, in situations like eva- evangelism sort sort of uh situations, and, and it would be something that I don't know how you would not just want to try to keep that under wraps. You're going to keep that one in the bag for the most (laughs) part, because if you begin, you know, it's one of those things you need to kind of keep hidden at to some extent until the person is, is ready to really receive that. So,
0: yeah. So for me, um, you know, when I first got saved, I uh, wanted to tell everyone about the gospel and was sharing the gospel uh, with anyone who would stand still for more than five minutes. But over time, um, I found in my own mind that I would start to say to myself, "If I, I just need to tell them Christ died for them. And if they're elect, then God will use that to save them. And I'm, I'm not saying all Calvinists are like that. That's just mm-hmm. where I ended up growing into. That's what ended up happening with me and my witnessing. And I know R.C. Sprouls did not do that. And I want to be honest about that. He he would debate and and argue those things. Um, I actually went through a a book by R.C. Sprouls about uh, uh, evangelism, which he makes some uh, good points in that. Um, So, But for me, I, I had gotten to the point where if they're elect, I will share the gospel. The, and and they will, God will use it, the means to bring this person to salvation. And so the depth of my witnessing and actually working through issues and problems and things that they were uh, dealing with or fighting with, um, I found my evangelism was lacking. And um, whereas now uh, I will sit down, uh, just like what Paul would do, reason from the scriptures, reason from life and truth and those things and have a conversation with someone. And even now with, you know, uh, with what's happening in the world, I'm, you know, a lot of people are, are kind of down. I'm actually uh, hopeful that people will see the, that um, that as we reap what we've sown over the last 20, 30, 40 years, that um, it was not a good thing to move away from God. Uh, as a as as a people as mm-hmm. personally as us mm-hmm. and that you can look at people and say hey if you head that direction this is what's going to end up happening and out of love you can say but there's a better way Christ uh, living for Christ is, is going to be uh, a fullness of joy that this world cannot offer uh, it's going to be a fullness there there is life and love and freedom and a relationship with god through christ and um freedom from sin in christ there is uh the all these things and sure it seems like it's fun and uh it's going to bring you this temporary joy but you can see now uh you can actually look at people on the internet and be like look at where they started and look at where they're at now. And this was because they ran from God instead of running to God and, and finding reconciliation through the gospel. And I can honestly offer that to everyone that I talk to that in the back of my mind, I, I'm, I'm not thinking to myself, maybe this person's elect, maybe this person isn't elect, maybe, you know, and, and I've seen that affect the way that I share the gospel with people. And I see that like, uh i sincerely believe that when i'm sitting down across from someone that god is on my with me on my team uh (laughs) or i'm on god's team uh sharing the gospel with someone that the holy spirit is going to be convicting of sin that god's going to be orchestrating things in their life to bring them uh to faith in christ and um i can have some assurance of that uh when i'm witnessing the people
1: What I guess to kind of finish this out, what would you say to like a a Calvinist listening? Because I know any Calvinist who's listened up to this point has probably probably had so many things that maybe there's points that stood out to them that were like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's a good point. Or maybe that that's kind of challenging, challenging me to think a little bit. There's probably aspects where they're like, oh, well, that's that's nonsense. And he's, you know, being emotional or or he just wasn't thinking scripturally, or, 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 or whatever, you know, there's going to be that mixture probably, and anybody who listened to you, uh, all the way through, but I guess, what would you say, as a 20 year, former Calvinist, what would you say to Calvinist as a encouragement, exhortation, uh, uh, or, or just any sort of challenge uh, of things to think about or consider? Um, yeah what, what, whatever might come to your mind there.
0: Yeah. Well, I would say, um, the, the discussion we had about hardening, um, don't, don't settle for, uh, don't settle for easy answers. Don't, don't just be satisfied with an answer. Uh, uh dig deep and, and, and look into the other, uh, sides and, and just give them a fair hearing. Um, Because I I just remember as a Calvinist that uh, a gentleman wanted to disciple me in the church. And the church I was going to at the time uh, was a non-denominational church. And that's kind of a longer story. But um, I remember talking to him. We were meeting and he said, uh, yeah, uh, I have a discipleship program. I'd like for you to be a part of it. and i said are you reformed and he said no and i said okay uh and immediately my mind went to well i'm not gonna let somebody who doesn't really believe the scriptures the disciple me like what what does he have to tell me about and i right. asked him i said what and this is this is wrong i mean that was a wrong attitude of me and uh i regret that because i really could have grown i feel like um I, it was just it was such a silly moment uh, in my heart and I really could have grown at that moment through his program as a husband as a father as a believer and I uh, asked him and he and he said, you know, well, because Jesus says how often I would have brought you in as a as a uh, you know, I better look the verse up because I know of James White.
1: Yeah, watches this video, he's gonna yell mm-hmm. at me for quoting this verse wrong. He's, he's gonna tell you it was the religious rulers that he was talking yes. to. Yes. Yes. Uh, Luke thirteen and Matthew twenty three is where I'm yes. finding it.
0: Uh, yeah. So Luke thirteen thirty four. Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those that sent her. How often I wanted to gather your children together just as a hen gathers her brood under her wing and you would not have it. So he quoted that verse and I went online. I found, I think an RC scroll response to that verse that satisfied my, uh, I was kind of shocked at first. I was like, I, I didn't know how to handle the verse. And instead of being challenged by that verse, I went and found an answer to it that I didn't scrutinize because he was a part of my team. He was on my team. So I wasn't gonna scrutinize this answer that helped me to not uh, really look at that verse um, for what Jesus was saying there. And so I think that's what happens a lot is that um, we'll, we'll go to our teammates and this goes back the the debate and this is something even as a as a bible believing christian who would say lean's provisionist or none should perish, um i even would tell people i don't agree with dr flowers on everything Mm -hmm. and so uh but i am very thankful for his ministry and for helping me to understand um who god is as revealed through the scriptures um but even with him i have to stop and uh, other theologians that i listen to uh, i stop and i say am i just uh agreeing because i want to agree or am i allowing them to give me an answer that i wouldn't allow mm-hmm. an opponent to give me mm-hmm. and so so like when the, uh, the 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 debate between um dan chapa and uh Warren McGrew happened, I respect both those guys. And I enjoy both those guys uh, material. And I listened to both those guys. And I was really excited about that, because I didn't have a team that I was playing for at that uh, during that debate. And so I think it's just very interesting. I think it's uh, uh, dis, um, I, I can't think of the word, but I think it's interesting that you need to know your biases. And you need to know That you're putting weights on a scale for one team more than the other team and so Mm. when he quoted that verse to me i went and found somebody who gave me the answer that allowed me not to really look into that verse uh, and and push it to the side and put it into the pile of verses that um, i didn't really need to deal with as a calvinist and so i i would just challenge people uh to, to to really seek out uh, answers to, uh, the questions and to the verses that do not fit into your theology. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and just be, you know, honestly, uh, seek out answers to those verses. Um, yeah. so that, that would be my, uh, my, uh, uh, advice to anyone listening to this.
1: hmm a lot a lot of what you just said there, what you've talked about throughout this would just I, th- I think is what would be classified as confirmation bias, which is yes, this tendency that that we have to you know favor information that that is just confirms the things that we already believe the beliefs we already hold we we will we it's much easier to, Come across information and if that information favors what we already believe whether it's really good or not you know it's easy to just grab that and sort of sort of a uh, even cover up whatever contradiction we're trying to sort through kind of like yeah. this band-aid where it's like well it didn't fix it but it, it feels better it feel i feel better and yeah. I, I mean i i've done this I, I i've lost count of the number of times i could go back and think through you know especially my younger days of, of of trying to sort through is Christianity true and how do I answer atheist arguments? I mean, I can, I can remember vividly just looking back on it now, at least I didn't recognize them, but the amount of cognitive dissonance and confirmation bias and all these, <laughs> these things I was just functioning in to maintain my beliefs. And it was based in this, you know, really a, uh, a, a an unwillingness. Like I wasn't, I hadn't reached a place where I was, actually willing to say i'm willing to hear out both sides of the argument and, and yeah. it's really only been within the past three four five years of my life that i have legitimately came to a place where i put both you know atheism and christianity on the table and i said i can't i can't keep going with with this side if i find that it's actually doesn't hold up to scrutiny and yeah. and, and came away came away thinking still does but i think we all have to get there at some measure, if, if we want to have any confidence that what we believe is being believed for valid reasons. Uh, yeah. and, and, yeah.
0: And, and, and that, that's, you know, in, in one of my videos, I talk about the filter and if John Piper said it, I believed it. If, if, uh, if it wasn't a, ser- if it was in a sermon, uh, I never, uh, you know, until I, I, uh, wasn't a Calvinist anymore. I, I never sat down and said, well, did what, what is what he said? Correct. Is that, uh, is, is everything that he's laying out here? Like I, I wasn't a good Berean at all. And I even noticed that some, some, uh, people will, will like try to say, oh no, that, that doesn't mean to go and check for yourself. Uh, I I don't get that. (laughs) I don't understand that. It's just mm-hmm. another trying to keep you from uh, actually hearing the other argument or the other side of the argument. And it, it kind of blows my mind a little bit. So I never did that. It was I had given over my uh, sense-making to others, and I had just trusted that they had put the time and the work in. And I, with my pride and my arrogance, uh, that the other side just wasn't worthy to be listened to. And I, you know, and I, I, I regret it, and I'm thankful uh, to God that He's allowed me to do uh, what I'm doing now. And and at the end of the day, I, I really, my hope and desire is that people would uh, come to faith uh, in Christ and know God, uh, the loving God of the Scriptures, and um, and and just uh, grow in that relationship with Him that that's really my goal uh and i looking back i i see a lot of the areas where uh, calvinism prevented me from doing that and uh and yeah so i'm i'm uh th- that that's really at the end of the day the heart of the heart of what why i do what i do um and so uh i would just recommend that you know even now it takes me a lot longer to land on things and i'm a lot more willing to listen to the, the sides yeah. of the argument and yeah. and maybe there are some parts where i'm like well you know what maybe i can't land because yeah. uh it's it's like they, they both have really good arguments and maybe i'm just yeah. uh gonna have to to be like okay yeah i, I see both sides to the argument here
1: yeah. um so I, I, I can i can so relate to that there, there's some significant you know some various areas of of doctrines where I've used to be landed on just by default because of how I was raised that I've taken off sort of into the realm of putting it on the table and saying, is this really true? And and, in so many different areas, I'm still, I'm just kind of circling the airport because it's like, I don't, I don't know where to land. And, and, you know, honestly, like I've fortunately grown more comfortable with that. Um, yeah it's it, it, it any any sort sort of a deconstruction if you want to want to call it that that's, i know i know how triggering that is for i know different yeah. evangelicals but but um i just the asking questions you know putting on the table as it were you know some strongly held core doctrinal beliefs that's a just a painful uncomfortable process um but but i ha- i have you know fortunately i think there is is something about learning to live in the uncertainty of certain things and and learning to be okay with not not having to be the guy who if if you're asked any kind of question you've got the you got the whole catalog of doctrine figured out to give you know sometimes it's it's sometimes i think the 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 smartest man in the room is the one who's willing to just say you know what i don't know i don't (laughs) I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, right. I think that that's often a, more of a sign of, of maturity and, and wisdom than it is to, to find somebody who just every, they they think they have to have a response to every answer. And if they don't, yeah. they take it as a sign of, of Oh, I, there's a weakness there. And I have a doctrinal theological weakness or infirmity. So I can't let that show. I have to have an answer. I have to, right. I have to take a strong stance at either here or there. And, not to say that strong stances in certain places isn't good but I, I do think it's okay to live in in, in so, sort of more of a childlike place in some ways I'm yeah. like I don't know how this works and you know what I'm okay with that because yeah I think God is good at the end of the day
0: right yeah and I think yeah exactly and that's that's the thing that uh, go, you know going through this um, listening uh, to debates and positions on different stuff, you know, uh, yeah, I'm like, I, I I can see both sides of this argument and, um, you know, I may lean one way or another, but there's also an aspect of understanding, uh, that, you know, when I, when I was a Calvinist, uh, I had to know the answer. I had to be able to give you that answer. And then I had to be able to fight and beat you up with the word and win the battle at the end of the day and i just i it's a knowledge puffs up a love builds up and i Mm -hmm. just i would Mm -hmm. i could quote you that verse but i didn't realize that uh how puffed up i was and even now i uh i don't want to just say oh that was calvin that's me that's my heart (laughs) oh yeah yeah, i have a, to do yeah, that now 100%. Like, yeah when i'm yeah. making the videos it's like yep. uh, am i loving this person And is my most highest desire love for them to know god and christ and uh to know to be reconciled to the father through christ is that my highest desire is their best and and it, it, or is it let you know let can i uh impress them and make them think i'm awesome and and somehow yeah. this this weird thing of where it turns back onto me and, you know, and, and, you know, I'm still working through a lot of these things myself mm-hmm. uh, personally. Um, and just, just trying to untangle some of those things uh, on my heart motives and, and my desire uh, for, uh, uh, for other people, you know, is it, is it love? Uh, and, and unfortunately I feel like I have been a noisy symbol. Uh, for uh, a long, a very long time uh, uh, as a Christian. And and that is something I I seek to repent of and try to keep it. uh, I I try to keep those things in mind when I'm, when I am talking to people that disagree with me online. Uh, And there are some people I found that I have genuinely great conversations with. And then there's other people I'm like, this is not going to go anywhere. This is just uh, going to turn into a, a, a fight and in an argument and so i you know i seek to put the videos out and i pray that god will use them and i pray that it'll help people uh that are maybe struggling in uh with their character with the picture and the image of uh who god is that it'll help them to see uh who god is and draw them to uh redemption to uh salvation um in christ and so you know, anyway, so that, that's kind of something that I always have to keep my eye on because I definitely, I, I definitely, uh, like to be puffed up at, you know, and I I think that it's just not, uh, it's not healthy, you know, it's just, it's not going to bear the fruit in your life that you think it's going to bear.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm most definitely not immune to that either. And it's just something I have to, I have to kind of step back sometimes and think through, okay, how, what, what is my motivation in this conversation right now? And and there's some, some certain people that will just respond to almost every Calvinism video I put out that I just said, okay, I just, this is, this is a pointless, I've learned that certain people are not interested in having actual conversations. They're interested in making a point and, and, and some and that those are the conversations that tend to kind of flare up my own selfishness uh-huh. and pride and, and I, I want I want to just show them how you know I want to put them in their place sort of deal and then that's just yeah. never it's never fruitful it's never productive um, I just feel. Dead inside and gross. Usually after those conversations, <laughs> and and just kind of want to step away from all of it. Um, and so I think just there there is. I'm, I'm we're all learning, and so I can I I often talk about pursuing love, even in social media comments. But I, I mean that's that's something I I have ups and downs on as well. If if you're following the channel and read through the comments, I'm sure. you know if you're reading through long enough you're going to come across one of mine that you're probably gonna say well that might not have been totally loving there but and also there's just the thing that social media comment sections are just kind of hard to talk in because you know i can be passionate in a comment and it might be coming across as i'm angry and raging but really i'm just i'm just i'm like i have some emotion behind what i'm saying but if you could read my body language you'd understand i'm not i'm not like throwing a javelin at you right now i'm just i'm you know i'm talking in a raised voice and, and it's hard to kind of convey all that through text and a comment uh which just one of the unfortunate things and i think why probably a lot of just confrontation and hostility is often just instigated uh because you can't it's, it's just it's harder to have like a human connection or or empathy even through a screen oh uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had several conversations in
0: real life with calvinists and they are nothing like online,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> <right>. <laughs> they are, they are nothing there. Yeah. Act, it's actually, I've had some really good conversations and, yeah. uh, you know, and I'm not saying that, and these are, these are people I, I'm friends with that I have, a, they know that I'm not just looking to, uh, uh, fight or something, you know, it's actually a, a conversation. So,
1: yeah.
0: uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I i always wish there was a way that you could write your text and in like it would have the emotion behind it. Does there sometimes right right no. yeah it's like I, I i'll say something and then i'll reread it and i'll be like if i was reading that from your side of the screen yeah i would probably think that you just were trying to own me or yeah. you were just trying to like
1: yeah yell coming or, in a little or, hot yes right yeah right <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Great Light Studios podcast. To find more information and resources or to watch our films, you can find links in the show notes of this episode to our Facebook, YouTube, and other social media accounts. There have been a handful of people that have jumped on to support on a monthly basis in the past month or so, and I just want to say thank you to all of you. Thank you also to Burns Cornerstone Community Church and all the other monthly financial supporters who make it possible for me to do what I'm doing. If you are blessed by the resources produced through Great Light Studios and want to help support me in continuing to do all this, then you can find information about how to in the show notes of this episode. And also, would you consider leaving a five-star review on this podcast? Positive reviews go a long way in helping to get this content pushed out to more people.